With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. The final week of 2023. Throughout my life, it has been the most relaxed week of the year. Certainly here in Southern California, it seems to have, the traffic has seemed to have truly lessened. Did you, did you sense that on the road? Did you walk here from your house today? To, or I ran. You ran. That's my man. How many miles away do you live? 12? Something like that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be officially working out again. I do three times a week, but nothing like you. So it's usually the most relaxed week of the year. And it, and it is, in, in some ways, again. But the, the times are dark. There's no way around it. And what you have to do is rise to the occasion. Uh, you should regard the time in which we live as a test. We are all, at some point, most people, like maybe not all, most people at some point are tested. And we think when we're tested that it's micro. We're tested in the personal sphere. A health problem, a serious health problem, the loss of a loved one, the alienation of a loved one, tension, marital and financial problems. We think that we are tested, and we are, in the micro, in the personal sphere. Americans have rarely been tested in the macro. Life has been quite good. By quite good, you have to compare it to other nations. You don't compare it to an image of perfection. That is the road to hell. Because then you don't appreciate and you don't preserve what you have. That is good. So, for the first time in many of our lives, not all, but in most of our lives as Americans, we are being tested in the macro, and you cannot tune out. You have to rise to the occasion. Nobody guaranteed a, a, a non-tested life in the 
in the social sphere. We had reason to believe that, that it would continue. There were a bunch of professors at the University of Minnesota, which, like almost everything, official Minnesota has been corrupted morally and intellectually by the left. It's an amazing story. There was a panel discussion from Minnesota to Palestine. Get an idea of what it's about? From Minnesota to Palestine, a pair of University of Minnesota professors, this is from the College Fix, which reports on what happens at colleges. One of whom called for the destruction of the United States as we know it. Well, Barack Obama called for the destruction of the United States as we know it. Fundamentally transform is very similar to destroy. What you, what you intend to build may not be destruction, but you intend to destroy what exists. I don't know the difference between destroy and fundamentally transform. The United States sought to fundamentally transform Germany during World War II, to fundamentally transform Japan during World War II. Now, I guess it's not the same, but it's destroy what existed then. So this is, if you will, this is a, a step further than fundamentally transform, but it is on that spectrum. The Red Nation, have you heard of that before? The Red Nation? is, quote, dedicated to the liberation of native peoples from capitalism and colonialism, according to its website, hosted the event. Alpha News reports American Indian Studies professor Melanie Yazzie, Yazzie, Y-A-Z-Z or Z-Z-I-E, I prefer Z to Z. What do you prefer? I, you know what? I knew you would not have a preference. It, as, I, as I pose the question, a co-founder of the Red Nation told the audience, I hope you, that you seek to dismantle the United States. The United States also built on stolen land like the settler nation of Israel does not have the authority to speak in this place and on this land, Yazzie said. Is she being paid by public funds? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The The suffering, the suffering that she endures because she is the descendant of... Native Americans, American Indians, I presume she she is. She's getting paid a nice salary for very, very, very little work. Professors, on, on average, do not work hard. They have few hours. They have long vacations. She contributes nothing whatsoever to society and gets paid a nice salary. 
and she wants to destroy it. What does she think she'll do in the new society? No capitalism. She says it in the last paragraph. Oh, she does? Okay, fine. I'll continue. Second to last paragraph. The goal is to dismantle the settler project that is the United States. So, what does that mean? That we settled. So, no one should have come to the Americas. By the way, if the United States is a settler state, so is Canada, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama, Nicaragua, Colombia, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil. Is my point clear? What modern nation is not a settler state? Why aren't European countries settler states? The, the left is sick, is morally sick. If you have a child who has been poisoned by this evil ideology, my heart breaks for you. It is hard to know whether they will return to goodness. It's hard to know. It's hard to know whether you should stand firm and state your case because you don't want to further alienate them. But of course, they're the alienators. Hey, Dad, everything you stand for sucks. That's 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 quite something. And therefore, you do. That's what they have been taught about you at college. And probably high school. The Red Nation's Principles of Unity section states, we are anti-capitalist and anti-colonial. Why are they anti-capitalist? I know because they're Marxist. Okay. But what's wrong with capitalism? It has lifted more people out of poverty than anything, anything else by, by some exponential factor. We are indigenous feminists who believe in radical re- relationality. There's a new one. A-a-a-a-a-a-a, radical relationality. If uh, any of you have composed jingles, I'd like you to compose a jingle on radical relationality. Because it has an inherent ring to it. We continue. There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. Nick Grovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. 
If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Minnesota has really flipped out. I don't know why, Just, it, it, but it, it's clear. I read to you about this uh, conference just now. Here, here was a piece. Minnesota doctor says kids as young as three years old can know they are transgender. According to their official website, Children's Minnesota offers children and teenagers puberty blockers, menstrual suppression, gender-affirming hormones, and more. As young as three. How can you know as young as three? You're a boy and you know you're a girl. You, you don't know what it means to be either. By the way, no transgender knows what it means to be the other sex. That's the irony, because you don't get the brain. You may get the hormones, you may get surgery, but you don't get a male brain when you become a a male, when you transition, as they put it, and you don't become, you don't get a woman's brain. There was a story in that regard uh, the oh, I is a big story. Did you read the story about the woman in England? It was uh, in the in the free press, right? That's um, Barry Weiss's thing. Yeah, a thirty-one-year-old lesbian had speed dating. She had speed dating for uh, lesbians so that they could meet gay women and uh, date one another. And there was a uh, man who said he's a woman, and he wanted to join. And she, who had been a, a trans supporter, she she was a gay activist, and she was a trans supporter. But she said, no, 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 this is just for women. And I appreciate that you think you're a woman, but we just want biological women in our safe space, as it were. And she uh, then found out that uh, he had uh, rubbed himself on one of the women. The guy who said he's a woman. She said this had never occurred in her life in, in the lesbian world. That's not what women do. And uh, so she said, it's only for biological women, my my lesbian dating service, speed dating service. And of course, uh, she was uh, viciously attacked. And it, I will I will read some of the story later. It's just worth noting what happens. Lesbians can't be left alone, as it were, because the, the guy who says he's a woman still wants women. And by the way, that he still wants women, she said, was visible. I say no more because it's a family show. Every every adult listening knows what I'm talking about. God. 
how how a civilization has produced so many people who destroy themselves. Minnesota has really produced a serious amount of toxicity. I I, I don't know why, because it also has so many wonderful people. I know PragerU has a disproportionate number of supporters. I'm in Minnesota frequently. I don't know the, I don't know, maybe wherever life is best, you produce the most toxic leftism. And life has been best in the United States and Canada. And we have the most toxic leftism. Did you read about the University of Queensland's graduates? Did you see that? Yes. I did. What was it? 80% of the graduates yeah. wore kafias? Well, PhDs. PhDs. Those getting PhDs. 80% wore pa- uh, 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 Arab, uh, the Arab symbol of, of Palestinian hatred of Jews. 80%. These are the these are what uh, graduate schools in the West are producing. Basically, scummy human beings. Well, just for the record, I will make reference to this on many occasions. can't believe I found it. October 9th, 2005. So what is that? Uh, 18 years ago. A column in the Los Angeles Times by a man named Dennis Prager titled, When Young Jews Major in Anti-Semitism. American Jewry is experiencing a cognitive dissonance the likes of which it has never known. To illustrate... Consider my recent lecture in Virginia Beach, Virginia, anti-Semitism at the universities. What can we do about it? Do you realize I gave a lecture to Jews in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 18 years ago? Anti-Semitism at the universities? There, By the way, there are two things worthy of noting here. The Los Angeles Times regularly published me when it was liberal. It published other opinions. Today it does not. It's run by the left. I couldn't get a column into the LA Times any more than a camel can pass through the eye of a needle. To use a New Testament analogy. The other thing to note is that the Jewish community of Virginia Beach, Virginia invited me to speak. It's as incredible as the Los Angeles Times publishing me as as organized Jewish life went left like the new like the LA Times back momentarily yes the world but people people will look back and think wow america prior to the first decades of the 21st century, or even even to the first decade, through the first decade. But it was all there. It was all there for a long time. 18 years ago, I just read to you just the beginning of my column 
about how you can major in anti-Semitism at, Ameri- at an American university. Yep. There's a front page picture in the New York Times today, the physical New York Times. Front page, on the top even. Thousands of migrants, including people from Honduras, Haiti, and Cuba, were 1,000 miles south of the U.S. border on Tuesday, and it shows the people clamoring, walking this. They'll be walking 1,000 miles. Isn't that amazing? To get to the United States, inherently racist country. Everything about the left is a lie. Everything. Sanctuary cities, right? Chicago, New York. Sanctuary cities. Oh, please come here if you you came in illegally. Absolutely. And then they come there and then they scream, we don't want any more. It's the world of the lie. Everything about the left is a lie. Liberals are, are not of that world, but they vote for it. We're a sanctuary city, but don't you dare send any of these people to our city. We can't handle it. But you on the border, you, Texas, Arizona, and California cities, especially Texas and Arizona, you, you know, screw you. (laughs) Uh, And then Arizonans vote Republican. Vote Democrat. It's mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. Okay, let me, uh, this is a sweet call. Irvine, California. Sally, hello. Good morning, Dennis. Hi. I am very excited today because some dear, dear friends and neighbors who are strong members of Mariner's Church, uh, asked us several weeks ago, having listened to you, they listen to you regularly, uh, if we w- they would like to put a mezuzah on their home, their beautiful home, and asked us uh, to assist them in doing this. And I'm very excited, and I thought you should know <laughs> that... Uh, that this is happening, and if you had any words of wisdom uh, for us today. Um, yes, I do, and and uh, all, everybody, hold on, because I, I, I will comment on this beautiful project of non-Jews putting the mezuzah on their doorpost. Most, very few people construct one, they just buy one. So that's easy, but I'll I'll mention it and explain it. Dennis Prager here with a man I have come to admire for his work. So when I asked him, what do you do? This is the title he gave, Wealth Architect. Very simply put, I am a wealth architect that helps my clients accelerate the way they grow your wealth. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The Internal Revenue Code is embedded with a number of things that you can take advantage of. It's what I call playing tax chess. We take the time to play tax chess in your favor. We tend to give our clients unbiased, independent advice across all areas in their financial life because we have no incentive to sell anything. 
We can't just take your information, say, in February or March, prepare the returns and say, oh, these are the things you should have done. It's too late. You need to meet with me now. Because oftentimes, after the close of the calendar year, some of the strategies that we implement in your financial life can't be implemented retroactively. You have, in fact, saved me a serious amount of money. Head to charlesdombeck.com slash Prager to schedule your meeting today. Hello, everybody. Final broadcasts of the year 2023 beyond tomorrow for the last one. On to a non-political subject, Wall Street Journal reports, retailers are bracing for their post-holiday returns hangover. Guess how many dollars in returned items go into uh, American businesses. It's approaching one trillion dollars. One trillion dollars. It's at eight hundred billion. I don't quite understand it. Americans are estimated to buy more than five trillion dollars of goods this year, making the retail sector a crucial piece of the economy. Yet shoppers last year returned 16.5% of items they purchased online and in stores. Valued at nearly $817 billion and double the percentage of goods returned in 2019, according to the National Retail Federation. Now that is what counts. Double five years ago, four, four years ago. With the added shipping, warehousing, and labor costs, it is estimated that it costs merchants about $27 to handle a return for a $100 online order. Gartner's Enright said companies lose some 50% of their margin on returns when accounting for the cost of initially selling the item plus processing the return. So, in my belief that there is such a thing as collective wisdom that surpasses individual wisdom, call me and explain to me why you think people are returning at double the rate, returning items they buy, twice as many items as four years ago. I don't know the answer. I am curious to find out. I I have a bad sense of it. I think a lot of returns are not on the up and up. I can't fully uh, define that. For example, though, and this I talked about many years ago, many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, uh, women who would uh, buy a dress for an event on, let's say, Saturday night, and then return it on Monday to the store, saying they uh, they wore it to the event that they wanted, and then they returned it on Monday. I said at the time, I still do, of course, it's stealing. It is completely a, a violation of do not steal. 
I I can tell you my own sense is I have very great hesitation about returning an item. Uh, it's uh, I have I have a sense that the retailer has to make a living. <laughs> there is there is that part of me. You know I'm into uh, fountain pens, so uh, I I bought a pen, an expensive pen, uh, a few weeks ago, and I it turned out that I didn't like the look for whatever reason. So I said to them, I, I didn't I didn't want to return. I didn't just send it back. I said, can I work this out? Uh, you take it back, and I will buy a more expensive pen instead. I just felt that, you know, I'm not saying that I had to do this. I'm just telling you I have a, a deep hesitation on, on the issue of returning items, but I'm still puzzled. Of course there are times when, when it's, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't fit. I mean, it's the whole host of possibilities. Right. So, yeah, so Sean has a theory, and you may well be right, that since more people are buying online, it's sight unseen, not like at a retail uh, a retail store. So that's an interesting, you, if you're right, that's, that's a benign explanation, and I, and I accept it. I, I hope you're right. I hope that that is the reason. Gee, well, it was certainly the reason in the case of my pen. It, it didn't look like the the pictures and it wasn't it just it wasn't their fault either they weren't cheating it just there was an aspect to it that was not obvious in a photo so i guess uh that is part of the price that you have to pay for running your operation without brick and mortar but i wonder if the returns to brick and mortar have also increased that that so that that would be the question there but it is an amazing uh, amount of money that it costs because let's so you return let's say you return an item uh, uh, let's say something uh, some clothing so what are they supposed to do with it if you wore it they can't sell it as as brand new and if you claim you didn't wear it then they have to check that there is no imperfection, which is which is a serious labor cost. Do you know that they even smell garments that are sent back to see if there was is there's a human smell in it? Yeah. Did you really wear it? It was a fascinating article. One eight Prager seven seven six. Very uh, very uh, curious. Yeah, so it is it is an interesting thing. Uh, a lot of you, a lot of you are, uh, oh, good. Here, here's someone who works at a, a return facility at, for Amazon. Steve in Phoenix, hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Yes, I work for Amazon, and we get a lot of stuff back. I can't tell you, just the enormous. Oh, I can only imagine. Back. Y- yep. And a lot of it is brand new. You would not believe people just 
package it up and send it back. In fact, Amazon has now made a policy that we ship a lot of stuff that's brand new out in a separate box. So if people just ship it back, we can just process it and just resell it because of just the, the enormity of the stuff that comes back. All right, wait, I'm not, I'm not following Amazon. something. What, what do you mean by brand new? I mean, they don't open it at all. It's still, oh, why? They don't even open the box. That's amazing. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> well, just get it and send it back. What, do, do you have any, is that a serious percentage of the returns? It's a, it's a large percentage, yes. So People how do you explain it? it? To change their mind? Then it's, Amazon makes it so easy for the people to send this stuff back. You just take it to a U.S. Uh, UPS store, and they're all equipped to, com- to quickly and efficiently send this stuff back to Amazon. But the cost to Amazon is enormous. Well, and I imagine what you what, deal with all these packages, right? So I imagine that what you just described is the least expensive thing for Amazon because they don't have to do anything except process it. They have yes, the box absolutely. sealed already. See, they can just because it doesn't a new item if it's put in another box doesn't have all the shipping labels on it, so they can just resell it. But if it if it's not in a new box, a separate box, then you can't sell it as new. It's got all those labels all over so it. So what what do you what do you do with it? Somebody well, sends back somebody you. sends back a, a, a dress, and they they legitimately wore it, wore it once, did not in order to cheat Amazon, just didn't fit. Let's say truly didn't, didn't fit. fit. Right. What what do you do then with that dress? That dress, we will look it over. If it's it's obviously been tried on or not, a lot of it, a lot of this clothing has obviously not been tried on. You can see it hasn't been taken out of the packaging. But if it has been tried on, we just repackage it and sell it as new. If it has been tried on, yeah, if it has, yeah, been tried on, and, it's, and, it's in, it's, it's, and it's in perfect condition. It's in perfect. Yeah, we'll just. So you you have of the labor that. cost of people checking for perfect condition. Absolutely, and that is enormous. The amount of yes. hiring that goes on, right. and of course, it's Amazon. So stay on, because I, I, I have a. I think I think I read that they're making it a little harder to return. My Pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. A set of pillowcases only nine ninety eight. Rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All of the biggest discounts ever. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. $800 billion in returns, twice as much as four years ago. And I'm speaking to someone who works at Amazon in Arizona, Steve. 
So I got, and what is the new, isn't there a new, more diffi- a slightly more difficult policy now with regard to returns at Amazon? Well, my understanding of it, Dennis, is that they want to start charging people. I, I've heard a dollar, that's the number per return that, that's been floated there at Amazon about, yeah, because they've made it so simple that so much stuff comes back. And, and some stuff has obviously been used. I remember we processed a snowplow that had apparently been used all winter. It was scraped to all hell. They returned it, and we refunded their money. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. How can we make any money with this kind of practice? Wait, why was that allowable? You can return something forever? Uh, Apparently, they returned it within the allowable time. Whatever that is, I think it's 30 days, but it... But they had used it a great deal, yeah. They had obviously used this thing. That's right. Well, all right, thank you very much. By the way, uh, almost everyone calling in is in agreement that... Uh, online is a big part of the reason because people don't get to try it on or see it or use it as they would in a retail store. But that doesn't explain why it is double the number of returns in, in four years. That that ha, That's not explicable by uh, just saying online retailing. So that's a... Uh, Let's see. Tony in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hello. 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 Yeah, you know, to me it's an easy question. You know, when I was young and going to college, I was always broke. And I didn't need six pairs of underwear. And so I'd always take at least half of all the gifts back and get cash to pay for essentials. A lot of people are broke nowadays. I don't know if that's the main reason. But yeah, but you uh, there's a big reason. difference, though. You, they're not returning gifts. They're returning what they bought. Well, it's still for they want the cash back. No, no, no. What they, okay, when you did it, you were given it as a gift. You, these, if, if, why would, if they need the cash, why did they order it to begin with? Well, if they're ordering it for themselves, I don't understand. And what, then then they change their minds in in the course of three days? Yeah. All I'm saying, Dennis, is I would bring back the merchandise and get some money so I could pay my bills. Yes, I understand. But as you pointed out, those were gifts to you. There's no no comparison. It's hard to imagine. You you don't buy something in order to return it. That, that I think, is, is fair. Okay. And Madison, Indiana. Russ, hello. Hey, Dennis. I had students. I was in a college in Southern California, and they would love to. They would. I ran a small TV studio at the college and taught them all the technical stuff. And they would. They would certainly go out and just buy from the Target across the freeway uh, anything they needed for uh, the work they were doing. Scenes, and then as soon as the scene was over, they'd take it back and get the money back. They they saw nothing wrong with that. I tried to stop them, but what can I do? See, I believe you, and uh, I I have a, a lot of thoughts on that. It's pure stealing. See, everybody thinks there's no price paid for the breakdown 
of the Judeo-Christian system. I, I would love to know the students who did that, who knew they would use it and return it. I would like to know their politics. I'd like to know if there's any consistency. I'd like to know two things. Are they actively religious? Because if they are and they did it, it is another example, which is not uncommon, where religion makes no difference in the way people behave. That, that exists. But for, for a fair number of people, it does make a positive difference. And the other is, I would like to know what end of the political spectrum they fall. Or maybe there's no consistency there. Maybe conservative and left-wing students are just as likely to have a cheated target in that way. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, so, uh, yes, a, a lot of you are noting the uh, the issue that it's online. People try it on, whereas they couldn't try it on. So, at a at a uh, they they could try it on at a retail store. So the question remains: Why is it twice as many? Are twice as many people trying on clothing than four years ago? And uh, I guess, yeah, that's that's the main that's the main question. Oh, the, there's another question: Is it overwhelmingly clothing that people are returning? I don't know the answer to that at all. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. John, hello. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. Um, number one, tongue in cheek, uh, but I, I still feel it's correct. Most of the returns are from women uh, because, like people are saying you can't try it on i'm married with three kids when i come home and there's boxes from amazon on the front stoop we we don't get in a big argument but i say what are we ordering we got to know and we send stuff back unopened so that's one number two online purchases are an impulse buy by the time it gets there you need cash and i work in an industry where i see people needing money they return that stuff immediately because you know you can order something i mean you it's easy to browse on your phone or computer click buy and then it gets there and you're like why did i order this uh, those are two big reasons i believe as well with no data about backing it makes sense makes a lot of sense now i understand all the returns of unopened boxes the impulse buy it's actually a, an interesting subject on, on every ground, psychological and moral. Ami Horowitz makes uh, videos around the world interviewing people in some very gutsy situations. A fair number of his are depressing, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. It doesn't mean you don't watch it. If you want to check out of life because there's bad news out there, then you're you're of no use to the society. I'm sorry to be that blunt. You can't check out. Okay, that is that is the way it works. Ami Horowitz has a new video. I'm going to play for you, and will it be a vi- it'll be a visible? Correct on our video feed. Correct, Sean. Yes, correct. Yes. yes. 
Okay, please put it up. This is the newest video. And we want to fund operations against soft targets. Uh, schools, hospitals, Jewish cafes. Amami Horowitz. And anti-Semitism is rising precipitously across the globe. How bad is it? I'm here at San Francisco State University, one of the most left-leaning intersectional schools in the country. I'm here to raise money to kill Jews. Okay, so that's it. He's there to raise money to kill Jews. Simple as that. It sounds almost unbelievable. So you have to watch it. He basically says, I'd like to raise money. These are, these are to students at San Francisco State University. And to kill Jews, uh, as he puts it, soft targets, in, including hospitals, I, I might add. Now, Ami, uh, I, I know your credibility at 100%. And I've, I've tested it, and I know it, and you've earned the accolades you get from me and others. So I'm just trying to think, could they have thought you were asking something else? Do we have Ami on? No. Okay. No. Go ahead. Explain. Yeah. Uh, could you, the, no, the, the, answer is, the answer is no. Uh, I, I could not have been clear with the use of proceeds. I could not have been clear but the end result of what I was raising the money was for. I specifically said, I am here to kill Jews. I am here to blow up schools, Jewish schools, and Jewish hospitals, and Jewish cafes. Not, by the way, to be clear, not in Israel, but around the globe. I was talking about using it to, to kill Jews in America, all across Europe. Um, no, there, there, there could not have been any kind of look, these are not uh, idiots these are, you know, people have asked me well they must be stupid no these are university students at a major american university they're not idiots they're evil um they're i mean amoral i think would 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 would, would be given them a pass um no they understood what i was doing yeah you were uh, we're having uh... and they recorded when they thought this was a private conversation their true colors came out so if I went to them after you did, and I said, I want you to understand, you just said, and they knew they were being videoed, correct? No, no, it, it, was, it was hidden cameras. Okay. Uh, Ami is in Europe, folks, in Eastern Europe, so there, there are some issues with the transmission, but... Uh, in any event. So if I went to them and said, do you, do you understand that you just said you would support murdering Jews anywhere in the world? They would have said yes. What do you think? Well, you know, it's funny because, well, I, it's not that I think I know. I did actually double down and say and ask them, do you understand what I'm saying? here?" Right. I actually said this in the video. It's actually in the video itself. I said, do you understand what we're talking about here? We're talking about attacking Jews. And they would say, yes, I get it. I understand. Almost like, are you an idiot? I heard what you said. I don't need you to explain to me a second time. No, they understood what they were doing. Whew. 
All right, I'm going to return. The video is up at DennisPrager.com. What's the title of the video? You asking me? Yeah, asking anybody. Uh, I, I I believe Prager, you called it. Uh, can Ami raise money on campus to kill Jews? I think they went with the. <laughs> there was no subtlety involved. No, no, correct. It was direct. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. Tommy Horowitz went to San Francisco State University and he actually asked them, you, you, I'm getting a feedback, uh, folks. On my, I'm hearing an echo of my voice for some reason. So, are we better now? Are we better no, now? We're no, we're not. Okay, this, it, was, it did not exist prior, and it's very hard to do this. I can, I can do anything. I, I can write a book with a crying kid on the airplane, but I can't uh, talk when I hear my own voice back to me. He went to San Francisco State University, and... Asked them, are, are you uh, willing to, uh, would you like to contribute to a fund uh, to kill Jews uh, in soft targets like schools, hospitals, and so on? So uh, it, it's, it really is hard to believe. So I've really challenged Ami on this, but it, it is what you see and what you hear. And I, I look at it and, and I, I marvel at what the colleges are producing. So what do you think San Francisco State University would think about this video? I mean, look, I, I think we saw um, a reflection of what they would think about it uh, when we looked at the university professor, uh, the university administrators in front of Congress. Um, they would say things like, well, they didn't actually kill Jews, right? Like, there, there's no level of excuse they would be willing to make to excuse the violent vitriol of the left, right? I mean, they did it. This is, this is not just with, you know, with, with, with Israel or with, with Jews. This is Black Lives Matter, right? Any kind of left Violence on the left, you see uh, the excuses made for it. Well, the root causes, you have to understand why they're saying that, right? And let's be clear about something, right? Because often the question becomes why. Why would they hate Jews so much? And really, at the end of the day, it's not about Jews in the sense that 
um, we keep kosher or, or keep Shabbat, right? That's not where the hatred comes from. Um, by the way, uh, uh, leftist hatred uh, really came from the beginning of the left. If you want to point at the beginning of the left, it's probably the Enlightenment. And many of the leaders of the Enlightenment uh, were, 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 were completely anti-Semitic. Um, but the reason why is because they see Jews as a stand-in for success, as a stand-in for the success of the West, the success of America. Um, and at the end of the day, it really comes down to the oppressor-oppressed matrix. And they look at Jews, and they're taught, they're told, that Jews are the most successful subgroup in the world. By the way, I don't even think it's true, but it doesn't make a difference. Let's not get reality in the way of a good narrative. Um, and therefore, in their view, their warped view of the world, the only way you could have been successful is by stepping on the necks of the people below you, i.e. the oppressed. And therefore, if you are the most successful, you are by definition the most evil because you have taken the most away from someone else. There is, and the economic pie, as they see, it does not grow. It's static. If you take one piece, you've taken away from somebody else. So if the Jews took four pieces, they took half the pie away from the people of color, the oppressed. That, I, I, I believe, as someone who spends a lot of time at the West, that's what it boils down to. So... Uh... The Jews who were, were supporting victim culture were supporting the growth of Jew hatred. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate I, I hate to say it. Yeah, I hate to, I hate to say, to it, say it, it too. Yeah, but it's just, uh, but I uh, I love truth. Did you ask? But that's, I'm that, curious. That, that is reality. Did you ask any of these students, and they looked at you and said, "What are you nuts?" No. The answer is uh, no. There, there, were, there were a number of people who didn't engage. Now, the, um, what, and I gave the numbers at the end, right? So I actually, oftentimes I don't spell out the numbers, but this one I thought it was really, really important to spell out the numbers. And I want to be very clear. Nearly half the people who stopped and engaged with me was, were willing to donate money to murder Jews. Almost half. Almost exactly half. And by the way, Again, just to be clear, not a single person said, are you insane? I'm going to call the police or the FBI, or I'm going to punch you in the face. Look, if I was standing around and somebody walked up to me and said, hey, I'm raising money to kill black people, I'm not sure I would not have punched that person in the face. i got to be honest. For sure I would have called the police. That's a, that's a given. Um, there was none of that, because this is, a, a, this is a, something which is tolerated among our universities. Uh, and again, the, the, if you do a Venn diagram between the people who hate Israel, the people who hate Jews, and then another one of the people who hate America, the Venn diagram would be the, exactly the same circle, right? And, and the truth is, I could have said, I could have walked up, the, in fact, I have, I did do a video where I said, I'm raising money for new 9-11. That was a couple of years ago at Berkeley. And guess what? I raised money for that too. So this is not um, this is not an isolated incident. This is deeply ingrained. The, the their their willingness to be violent against people they disagree with is deeply ingrained in the culture of the hard left. I assume the answer is no, but I'm still going to ask it. Was there any ethnic or racial or religious consistency among your respondents? No. But 
Um, I specifically did not stop anybody who looked outwardly Muslim. That was the one thing I did do was if somebody looked like they were Muslim, I let them pass by. And I always focused on white people, black people, Hispanic people for the most part. And, and, and you got that. equally positive responses from uh, whites and blacks and Hispanics, etc. I, I, I did not see see a difference. Right. Okay. No. That's what not, I, not, I, I, not an observable difference. Right. Well, uh, you're on Eastern European time. You haven't slept. Go to bed. Thank you for this very important and depressing video, which everyone is obligated to see. It's up at uh, PragerU, and it's up at uh, DennisPrager.com. Yeah. All right, Ami, thanks again. A very important video. Thank you. Can he raise money to murder Jews around the world, blow up their hospitals? Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. The amount of absurdity bordering on the sick coming out of our universities is is really unlimited. This is from YaleClimateConnections.org. I know you you have a subscription to Yale Climate Connections, and you never let it. Uh, you pay it. At, Months in advance, lest, God forbid, you miss an issue. I, 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 I get it. I get it. Yale Climate Connections. Wow. This is what gives the board meaning. The surprising connection. This came out last week. Did you see this? Did you send it to me? How the hell did you find this? Oh, your subscription. I answered it. I forgot. I'm sorry. The surprising connection between echo, anxiety, and loneliness. Sean, do you experience echo, anxiety? You used to. But you take relief factor. That is beautiful. God, I, I, I gotta tell. I know the guys who run relief. I want to tell them it helps with echo anxiety, not just muscle and joint pain. Research shows that the unfolding crises in climate change and social isolation may actually be connected. How's that? Now you know what. I I am not going to see any friends this week. Because of the existential threat posed by global warming. Makes sense, no? You and I might think it's a non sequitur, but we're wrong. The climate crisis isn't just altering our physical environments. It could even be transforming our minds and how we connect to each other. I was just thinking, the people who believe in this crap... I'll bet they are overwhelmingly anti-Israel. So you say, why is it connected? And it's a very, very good question. Given that I just posed it, it's particularly funny for me to say it's a good question, but nevertheless, it is a good question. So here's part of the answer. When you are, when you accept the absurd in area A, you're more likely to accept the absurd in area B. 
And if you are accepting the absurd in areas A and B, you're way more likely to accept the absurd in area C. These people do not think clearly. And when you don't think clearly, it's very rare that you think clearly on everything except one thing. It could happen, but generally not. If you don't think clearly, you don't think clearly on anything. Many people are experiencing escalating anxiety levels about the potential for extreme weather events. Do you know any such person? I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, being cute. Do you know anybody who is experiencing escalating anxiety level about the potential for extreme weather events? You have a lot of people in your life. How many work at PragerU? 150? Do you think anybody who works at PragerU, they're all young people, virtually all, uh, is experiencing escalating anxiety about the potential for extreme weather events? Still more are numbed by general ennui about how the planet and our existence are being fundamentally altered. Do you know anybody whose existence has been fundamentally altered by, uh, by climate anxiety? Actually, uh, most of your lives, if they have their way, will be fundamentally altered. That is true. Yep. You may not have access to meat. You may not have access to a car. You may not be able to heat or cool your homes to your desired temperature. Oh, there, there, that, may, that may happen. Evidence is growing that in addition to altering our environment, the climate, the climate crisis could be transforming our minds. Climate change is inside us said Clayton Aldern, a neuroscientist and author of the forthcoming book, The Weight of Nature, How a Changing Climate Changes Our Brains. is a neuroscientist. Well, if you believe that you'll, you or your children will be incinerated or drowned by rising ocean levels, then it could alter your mind. But it's not the crisis that's altering the mind, it's your fear. It's, It's crackpots like Clayton Aldern. One of a number of recent books and studies that delve into how climate change affects our brains. Well, so you have to admit, if you're not anxious about it, your brain is much healthier. This is the by the admission of Yale, what's it called it? Yale Climate Connections? Yep. Our mental health and the connections we make with each other. Hmm. Researchers are finding that climate, the climate crisis is unfolding alongside crises in mental health and social isolation. Really? That's what researchers are finding? 
Isn't that something? How do you find that? That the climate crisis is is increasing social isolation. I won't go out of my house today. I won't leave my 200 square feet New York apartment slash cell because going outside is dangerous. I don't know exactly. The collective stress, this is from Yale, ladies and gentlemen, Yale, which might be the cesspool of the Ivy League, but it's a very tough call. The collective stress, fears, and isolation caused by climate-related events dubbed eco or eco-anxiety. They have names. They have names for everything. Sean suffers from echo-anxiety, but he's the only person I know who does. But in his case, it's echo, E-C-H-O. If there's an echo in our transmission, he gets anxious. That's a good thing. The collective stress, fears, and isolation caused by climate-related events, dubbed echo-anxiety, could be making people more lonely. Really? in turn hurting health relationships and collective ability to act. How is it making people more lonely? When I hear loneliness, I think about disconnection, the neuroscientist Aldern said by email. And climate change is profoundly good at spurring disconnect. See? Why do I believe that he thought that lockdowns were good for kids? Why, why do I suspect that the guy is anti-Israel? Why do I suspect that he's at peace with all black dormitories? Let's see now. It ruptures place bonds. It corrupts language. Through secondary vectors... It prompts socio-political division. These are all manners in which a changing environment can separate people from one another. Secondary vectors, you didn't mention. This is the first time tonight. Secondary vectors Secondary is a new vectors. one. It's up there with the uh, other term from earlier today. Radical, uh, what was that? Relationality. R- radical relationality. We need to make a list. I'm serious. Well, when secondary vectors secondary vector, intersect, when secondary vectors intersect with with, with the with the trans relationship matrix, and relational and and, and then you have that's right you have relational radical relationality, then, this then it produces loneliness. That why didn't I think of that? You have to be an expert. You have to be at Yale to think of that. Folks, if you, if you don't have utter contempt for this neuroscientist, you are not prepared to face reality. Back in a moment. So this, uh, this sick piece, this, it's this, this actually, if this had been written uh, as a satire, I would have been laughing that climate change is causing loneliness in human beings. I mean, it's beyond belief 
beyond belief. Is there anything it doesn't cause? No. Between... Uh, uh, every every event that happens... Well, between uh, that and, and global warming... Would you come well, that is global warming, yeah. 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 But, no, racism. Between that and racism. Oh, between that and racism. Yeah. Does global warming cause racism? Yeah, of course. That's, that's Does racism cause global warming? I think they would say yes because of of environmental racism. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, why didn't I think of that? It was stupid for me to ask. So I said to you, I could probably predict this neuroscientist that they quote here, uh, in, 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 in an imbecilic, truly imbecilic uh, ver- thing. I looked him up, and he has a, he's a, he was a Rhodes Scholar, which is gives you an idea. Of, of how deep the rot is in in academia. So he he is quoted in this Yale piece, and it was in, unintelligible, the the paragraph long thing. And it, uh, so I said, you know what? I'll bet I don't know the guy, but I'll bet this neuroscientist is anti-Israel. I looked him up put in the word Israel, and sure enough, a tweet on X, the new Twitter, uh, was anti-Israel. Exactly. He's, it's another way of combating, helping those who wish to annihilate the Jewish state is definitely one way to combat loneliness and global warming. Uh, let's see. So let's go back to our Yale. Yeah, here we go. So researchers are finding that the climate crisis is unfolding alongside mental health and social isolation crises. Okay. In late 2022, two health researchers from the University Medical Center Hamburg-Eppendorf, Andre Hayek, and Hans Helmut Koenig reported an association between climate anxiety and perceived social isolation. They surveyed over 3,000 people living in Germany using questions designed to test levels of loneliness, isolation, and climate anxiety. Respondents also provided demographic and lifestyle details such as age, gender, location, and alcohol-slash-smoking habits. When these factors are included, the survey data analysis found an association between climate anxiety and both loneliness and social isolation. By the way, that may well be true. If you are really anxious that you will drown or burn because of the existential threat of global warming, climate crisis, climate change, I could see you being more isolated. Why? All right, so you're saying why? I mean, I could see you being anxious, but but why would you be more isolated? People who are afraid of dying don't tend to to go out and socialize. That would be my, that's my hunch. So, of course, there isn't even a hint that 
you sick people at Yale and this crackpot uh, uh, scientist are responsible for this anxiety. That There's no hint of that. It is a completely rational response to, to the issue. The German study didn't suggest causality, but there are growing signs that climate change hurts mental health. No, no, you see... Do you notice the dishonesty of the article? It went from climate change to from climate anxiety to climate change. No, no, climate change doesn't call hurt mental health. Climate change paranoia hurts mental health. You're a sick person if you think your kids are going to burn up, if you even have kids. You you probably wear a mask. While driving, alone. Did I hit all the buttons? Or you forget walking in the park. Or walking in the park, yeah. Climate change acts far more directly on brain health than I think we've broadly come to appreciate. See, he doesn't say climate change anxiety. So the article is dishonest, even in its own terms. Aldern the, the neuroscientist said, there's likely a serotonin-mediated effect of temperature deviations on violent behavior. OMG. OMG. I'm reading this to you in real time, ladies and gentlemen. These are not rehearsed reactions. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of my friends, uh, Mike, is listening, and he has serotonin-mediated effects of temperature deviations. Hmm. Yeah. I was wondering what was going on with him. But it says serotonin-mediated effects on of temperature of deviations on violent behavior. What does that mean? So climate change is causing more violence? Oh, it's temperatures, not lack of fathers, not lack of any religious code. Nah, we wouldn't even think of that in the at Yale. Oh, how's this? People are also less able to think critically at higher temperatures. That's fascinating. Didn't the Bible come out of the Middle East, not known for its cold climate? (laughs) Yep. Well, there are no dummies in Iceland. Back in a moment. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager. Great to be with you. I am having more fun with this perverse article than I ever expected. It, it's it's uncanny the the amount of drivel, just intellectual drivel. Forget moral drivel at the universities. It's an article in Yale Climate Connections, and it, it cites this neuroscientist 
what's his first name? Clayton Aldern. Climate change acts far more directly on brain health than I think we've broadly come to appreciate. And how is that exactly? Ready? Well, there's likely a serotonin-mediated effect of temperature deviations. You know what? It's another one. You know how many lines? we got to do this. Serotonin-mediated effect. That's another beauty. we got three today. Serotonin-mediated effect. What does that mean? So it means an effect on you by a rise in serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he say that? But okay, it doesn't matter. Where does serotonin come from? Uh, uh, because, oh, well, yeah, isn't that serotonin, isn't that the pleasure? Uh, am I wrong? Isn't that the pleasure hormone? Oh, yeah, so it's reduced. Mm-hmm. Serotonin is reduced. As a result of temperature deviation, wait, there's a serotonin-mediated effect of temperature deviations on violent behavior. Okay. People are also less able to think critically at higher temperatures. Your prefrontal cortex becomes more isolated from the rest of your brain, which means you're not as good at, say, taking the SAT or performing other cognitive tasks. Oh, so you see, you know, we've been blaming teachers and teachers' unions and education establishment for the decline in grades. It's global warming. You know, this is her, this is painful because I have such admiration for my producer. Why didn't you ever think of that? I sort of rely on you. Yeah, I let you down. You did. You let me down. Yeah? Yep. The old prefrontal cortex under uh, under climate change. By the way, let us even say it's true. I'd like to know where in the United States has uh, the temperature risen to such an extent that it has affected the prefrontal cortex. I'd like to know. Mississippi, Alabama. The irony is there's more clear thinking in Mississippi and Alabama than in New York and Minnesota. So there is an irony there, isn't there? It's like the cold climates seem to be producing morons. Okay, what else? Global environmental changes are bolstering the success of brain disease vectors like mosquitoes and cyanobacteria. Did you know that? Wait. So mosquitoes are a brain disease vector? I guess from malaria. Well, if you get malaria, it's, it's not just your brain, but okay. I don't know what cyanobacteria are. Extreme weather can provoke PTSD. Well, what really provokes PTSD is attending Yale. Shifting climatic baselines bear on the brain's memory systems. This is the stuff your kids are learning. And then they come out and they told, an expert told us this. And if anybody disagrees, they're not invited to Yale. That's simple as that. 
so they can never hear another thing. Or if they're asked to watch a PragerU video given by often scientists on global warming, then we're called climate deniers, so of course we can't be seen. Several recent studies suggest that the impacts of loneliness and social disconnection may have direct relevance for individual perceptions and actions on climate change. Australian psychologists Madeline Duong and Pamela Pensini of Monash University examined the relationship between connectedness and pro-environmental behavior. Well, that's interesting. So you should be more connected if you have, if you're an activist on, on climate change, right? Because doesn't that title suggest you have more connectedness? Because you, you have, I'm serious, you have kindred spirits? Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.